to the conversation. <laughs> I'm Les McCurdy, uh, McCurdy's Comedy Theater and Humor Institute here in Sarasota, Florida. This is the conversation. Uh, and and uh, normally, normally, we would be in the green room while a show is going on, just before and during the show, having the natural conversation that we would be having in that green room uh, among the comics and whoever happens to be hanging out with us, and that's what our that's what our podcast is all about. It's not an interview, it's just our chatting. But now that we are in the COVID, the pandemic uh, now, and we are, we are into a, a month of this uh, now, for us, a month closed, um, now we are, we are, today the setting is, we are sitting in the showroom. Uh, we, have, uh, we have five of us sitting here. Uh, we are all spaced uh, apart uh, appropriately. Uh, everything has been disinfected and wiped down and Lysoled and there's hand sanitizers and we have masks if you want them and all that kind of stuff. So we went out and we asked, checked with some of the comics in the area that might be comfortable coming into this environment and, uh, and, and we've had uh, several that are and uh, so they are with us, uh, comics and guests uh, tonight. And uh, so uh, here we go, just gonna be doing a little chit chat. So first uh, I'll, I'll have uh, our, 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 our gentleman who is a regular headliner here uh, introduce himself. All right, <coughs> wait, <coughs> allergies. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, Scott Nabotny, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, I've been down here uh, about four and a half years out of Minnesota originally. Yeah. And I uh, came yeah. down here, gosh, what was it 20 years ago or, or so, or 20? Probably longer than that, but at least 20 years came ago. Came down here and did a little uh, audition for you guys, a yeah. little showcase, and yeah. uh, you guys love me and we adop hired you, you adopted right me bat. immediately. And so You'd been around at that point. I, you you weren't a new cookie out of the jar. No, I wasn't. I, no. Yeah. <laughs> and it was really fun to uh, um, be able to come down here once a year for the last X amount of 20, 25 years mm -hmm. and uh, have a little paid vacation, get out of Minnesota in the, in the cold. I didn't care what time of the year. If you could bring me down in June, what matter? Florida is like the, the holy grail of, of, of places to go, to be outside. The, the, the dream of going to Florida maybe once or twice in your life and out of Minnesota. is the jewel of the whole state as yeah, far it's, as i Sarasota is nobody knows. Nobody, where's, they go, well, it's near Tampa. Well, okay, if you go to Orlando, you know, that's like. Some, right, yeah. right, right. Um, Head to the coast. So, and then sitting next to him is his lovely wife who also works for us here and uh, just started doing that recently with our customer awards and does a bang em up job because she loves to talk and we gave her a job where she could talk all day and she was like i'm on that you bet <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and uh, so introduce yourself i'm gina novotny and um absolutely love being down here love being married to a comic it is. And you've 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 dabbled in the comedy yourself. I have. I've done some stand up. I've Absolutely. done some ventriloquism. Yeah. Love to be on stage in any way, shape, or form. Absolutely. Well, okay. That that, that could open up all kinds <laughs> of things, Scott. I sing. Oh, I right. sing sure with the key crowd. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> and then, last but not least, how's it going, Boston Young? Uh, and uh, and you uh, you are also work here, uh, security, but. You started coming down here as an open mic performer, yes, correct? Yes, I did, yeah. Started yes. uh, almost a year now. So. Oh, great. Yeah. Great. Super. Yeah. 
Nice, nice. And uh, then, of course, our producer over here, Mike. Yep, I'm Mike. always here. Mike Stevens. Mike Stevens, Mikey Fresh, whatever you want to go by. <laughs> How did you get that Mikey Fresh? Uh, Bronwyn. Oh, our, 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 uh, my, yeah. personal, my personal attache. Well, there was a black Mike who worked here. Uh-huh. So they called me White Mike. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. And then that he was, still works here. He Mike still works, works here. Yeah. yeah. And it, it just didn't seem right, so they called me Mikey Fresh instead. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Right, right. Ron Hortman does that joke. Uh, comedian out of Tampa does that joke about living. Uh, he he lives in a nice neighborhood up in Tampa. Yeah. And uh, but he goes, I I I for sure wanted to live in a neighborhood where there was not going to be another Ron. He goes, if there's another Ron, I have to move. Because as soon as there's another Ron, I'm Black Ron. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to just be Black Ron. <laughs> Black, Black Ron sounds like a transformer. Yeah. <laughs> we can't do it, Joe. The whole bit's hilarious. You know. Black Ron. Is it warm in here or is it just me? You're uh, hot. It's all right. No, I mean, is it? Is, is it? No, you feel You're good? Fine. Yeah. Okay. No, cool. that's I think all the right. AC's kicked up. You get that little scarf around your neck, you know, that little little ascot thing. You, you know, I like uh, the the you know the now that we're we're supposed to wear a mask, you know, and the scarf is fine because you know you can't get masks or, or they're hard to, and uh, which by the way, my my uh, my cousin who's a doctor uh, was saying, man, when when things start kind of rolling back, if 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 they let you open before there's a vaccine because we we've reached uh, some level of herd immunity and we have a medication that, um, that, that mitigates the severity of this disease so that if you get it, you, you most likely don't end up in the hospital. If we can get those two things kind of going before a vaccine, then we, then we may get open before then, you know. But he goes, people will still be nervous. And he goes, he goes, once they get the mass out there, I mean, once they really get them back producing, we've got enough and they're out there. He yeah. goes, they're not expensive. The, the basic kind of, you know, the, yeah. not the high-end mask, but just your basic surgical mask, your basic. He goes, you should get those things that got your logo on them and a big yeah. big laughing face. <laughs> like sponsored. You know, yeah. Have you seen the kind that have the lips, and then you open them up a little bit, and there's the teeth? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, it's hysterical. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, Some, they are awesome. Lovely. There's all kinds of options for that, isn't there? Mm-hmm. It feels weird, but I, I don't see a lot of people wearing masks. You know, and then when you're like, you're the person that's wearing the mask, everybody's looking at you like you're weird. You know, it's weird. It, it, it's it just depends. I mean, it's a totally a comfort thing. So I go in some places, you know, and everybody's wearing a mask. And uh, um, right. You and know, you Kevin, Kevin, who was just here, who's also on our, our social media team. And we just shot another fireside chat. Kevin's always masked up. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, you know, so some places I go and, and here's what's wild about it. It doesn't seem to have an age thing on it. You would think everybody old would have a yeah. fucking mask on. Yeah, you, you would think. But I go in the damn grocery store, and, <laughs> and I see people in there that I go, they're not just old. They're walker old. I mean, <laughs> they're, 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 there's a difference. in a, There's over 65, and then we, there's walker We've already old. lived plenty. We're fine. That, and that might, I think there's maybe <laughs> some get of that attitude. And we go, it's all right. So this is their what? last trip to so the grocery big. store. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just haven't been out. He goes everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I just stay home. I've seen that Walmart is still pretty much mask-free for the oh, most yeah. part. You know, <laughs> it's so sad. But uh, I've been wearing the there. mask at Walmart. I think that's yeah. a good place to wear a mask. Yeah, Come that's on. probably the best place. And gloves. Place. I don't... I don't even have those yet. You, mean, you know how hard it was just to find the masks? Yeah, we, I know. I, mean, I don't know where we got... Uh, uh, somehow in our house, we've got a big-ass box 
of oh i know why we have them for the kitchen yeah we have latex oh. gloves for our kitchen staff mm -hmm. and because uh. that's it just occurred to me i go yeah. how the hell did we just end thought, up with a thousand latex gloves you thought pam was a prepper <laughs> I, I, I don't know what pam was doing trying to I, spice you know. up the bedroom yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> we'll have to go over to like Kinky Kitties or whatever with those places. Oh, are. oh yeah. They would probably have some uh, gloves. They have gloves. Yeah, I'm sure. But they're yeah, yeah. You know. They're latex. <laughs> they're, yeah, it's a different. Yeah, it's a type of different. They, type but of they're latex. A reusable. Yeah. Yeah. I love the, I love the tips you get like at Walmart, especially it's like I so you get this toilet paper and they had this uh, four rolls for like sixty eight cents that they were you get one pack you know and literally it's uh, in two days those are gone I mean I, I yeah. but she said here's a, if you really need Go to camping. Sometimes in camping, they've got toilet paper over there, and nobody knows about it. Yeah. Well, you know, Go when I was camping. at Walmart, I walked when they the first day that they announced on the mat, mask, and they knew you couldn't get masks. So they were so they were telling you how to make masks out of t-shirts and old underwear. And uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? What you really want by your nose? <laughs> I tell you, that is a great idea just to have underwear uh, masks. Yes. The, to wear the, the like the, the piss hole for a man is <laughs> on the outside. The piss you hole. know what I mean? And then and maybe just kind of right by the side of your face, just one little skid mark, just a little, <laughs> just a tiny <laughs> skid mark right there. It's a nice. Side I guarantee burn. you that'll keep fuckers six feet <laughs> away from you. Yeah. So yes, it will. Yes, it will. So I was in LaBelle last week. Uh, it's a small town. By oh, Port I know. I oh, played yeah. LaBelle. Okay, so you're familiar with it. I am familiar. I went to the Walmart there and I saw a guy he made his own face mask out of an orange peel <laughs> was it real? Really a guy got an orange oh, peel gosh. he poked a little hole in it and he put like rubber bands on it and just held oh them on his ears it's like a MacGyver I'm sure mask it, I'm sure it Perfect. smelled better than the underwear yes. I'm sure it did yes that was so there's nice. a lot of orange groves on the belt. It so seems like it makes he, sense. It seems like he impromptu made that face mask. <laughs> like I did minute. probably sell them later too. I did <laughs> yeah. my gig in, in LaBelle. This is one of those, you know, all of us have done yeah. these hell gigs. Right? Where is LaBelle? LaBelle is down Fort, North Fort Myers. It, right before you get to the first exit in Fort Myers, you take a left going east. Right. And, and I don't know. I don't know. You're right. No. 30, Fort 45 minutes in, you're in LaBelle. Yes. Somewhere, something like it's that. on your way to Moorhaven and uh, Orlando. Mid all it's that. it's the middle of the state. Yeah. It's a, as we all, people if who going don't. To, if you're going east, I, I know yes. what you're talking it's about. Like, it's Swamp like. Swamp Cabbage Festival. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. People that don't know, <laughs> people that all think that Florida is all Miami and West Palm Beach and Orlando and, and, and that. They don't realize that there's coastal Florida and there's central Florida. Yeah. yeah. It's, they are two completely yeah. different beasts. They are. <laughs> I mean, you get into that central Florida, Florida, yeah. there, well, it is, it, there is no and, other down home. Oh, you yeah. Know. You can see black guys with Confederate flags. It's pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> like, it doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah. So you were performing there. I went, well, a, a guy, it was one of those where, the, uh, the guy that had the club in Fort Myers back then, Joe Galanis, the, the Fort Myers club was just a weekend for a long time. It was just a Friday, Saturday gig. So he had a, he found this, every once in a while he'll find a one-nighter, you know, that tags on to it. And he goes, oh, I've got you a one-nighter Thursday night in LaBelle, right? And go, okay, whatever. And so me and the other comic, we rode over there, and you pull up, and it's literally just a, 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 a bar bar. I mean, just I mean, like a like just a, like a, a a a locals 
drinking bar. Yeah. Like, there, it's not nothing – there's nothing about it to attract anyone to this bar <laughs> unless you live close, you know, and you're just and, – and that's where you go drink, just to get out of the fucking house. Yeah. And you walk into – and we pull up, and there's literally, like, maybe six cars. You know, <laughs> trucks. Six trucks. <laughs> trucks. Six trucks. Exclusively. Six trucks. And at that time, I drove a truck. But uh, so and we seven. walk in and there's like eight guys sitting at the bar that are just you know typical blue collar you know farmer type guys you know, and you know just sitting there having a beer, one fucking TV, one, one television, that's it, that kind of a and two pool tables, that's it, and a jukebox. There you go, and we and there's eight guys sitting there, and we walk up, who's in charge? Well, the bartender, you know. And I said, hey, we were, we were booked to do a comedy show here. And he's like, hell, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> and I'm like, he goes, let me, he goes, let me check. So he calls the owner, and the owner goes, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> forgot that's right, you know. And, and I did. I booked that, you know. So the guy was a stand-up guy. He's like, you know, <laughs> let them go ahead and do their show. Where? You know, no sound system, oh, no, no, nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing. You know, just like, but we'll pay you. So the guy was like, oh, I'll pay you. You know, he I, he said to go ahead and pay you guys what, what you were owed, but, you know, do your show. And literally, it, we literally sat on the edge of the pool table <laughs> facing the guys at the bar and just kind of talked out our show, you know, Fine. just – like you would in a conversation kind of a thing and you know got her 150 bucks or whatever fuck it was and yeah i've done a number of those shows where you just say look don't cancel the show we'll just sit down and talk yeah to the audience. as long as you'll pay me yeah. i don't give a yeah. fuck <laughs> i'm not gonna leave without the money right you know I, uh, uh, that's the way it would, you know i, I, I don't at know at least they didn't throw a big piece of wood on a pool table you had to get onto the pool table oh yeah to do the show oh yeah i've yeah, heard yeah. that 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 one yeah. Yeah. you have to do it on your knees because you got to stay under I, that i've line. done a, i did a, a stand-up <laughs> comedy show on a chair once oh sure yeah. oh absolutely on a chair oh i've done it awesome. i've done it i've done we've all done every kind of that and you know it's kind of like you know that thing of going you know we can all sit here on hell gigs you know? oh yeah and but the whole point was if an agent called you and said hey i got i got a gig for you pay a hundred bucks mm-hmm. i got gigs hundred bucks tomorrow night and you can drive to it you know within two or three hours you can drive to it for hundred bucks well i'm sitting there going well if i say no i'm going to sit at home and spend 25 yeah. you know or or something you know what i mean i'm not doing shit. so even with the gas and everything, I'm coming home with more money right. than I had before, and it'll be an experience. And you'll, and you know, and they're they're crazy. They're they're you know they're going to be crazy when you get there. They're yeah. Be crazy. And, and now we're all looking at that hundred dollar gig as ooh, <laughs> especially right now. <laughs> we're, we're all wishing we could get together in LaBelle. Yeah, I, I guarantee you, there's fuckers in LaBelle getting together. Oh yeah, there is. Yes. Yeah, they don't even know did. there's a quarantine going on. <laughs> well, they, it's funny that they, they can't don't care. spell quarantine. So. Oh. <laughs> the last show that, that we did, it was in this little town. Avon Park. Avon Park. Mm. And it sure. was so funny because it was just at the point where things were running out at the store that we needed. We right. didn't have hand soap. We didn't have um, cold medicine. Lysol. Lysol we didn't have. And we thought, well, we should probably get those things. They were out. Oh, yeah. So we thought on our way home, we're like, hmm. 
Let's just pull into the Winn-Dixie and see. They had everything. Oh, yeah. They could and have cared less. Yes, it was stocked full, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the checkout lady's like, oh, yeah, nobody cares. Yeah, yeah. They weren't with it yet. Nope. No. The they propaganda had They weren't yeah. woke. Yeah. yeah. Weren't Quarantine woke. ain't that thing that the Muslims read. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what is that? <laughs> oh, the falafel? <laughs> the falafel? Uh, well, it's a, uh, you know, I mean, but yeah, those, those kind of hell gigs are crazy. But that was my LaBelle. I'll tell you one thing, uh, if you talk about a, a silver lining, I've put less miles on my car yeah. probably for the last 25 years. I normally put close to four or 5,000 miles a month in a, for two months now. I mean, literally no miles on the car. And you know what's sad is it's a dollar, like 80 a yeah. <laughs> oh, right. I want to fill up oh, so sure. badly, sure. and I can't. You wish you, had a, you wish you had a 200-gallon tank in yeah. the backyard. Yes. Yeah. You know? Well, I heard a guy today that was uh, uh, on, uh, uh, I think it was MSNBC, and, uh, you know, he owns uh, about a dozen steakhouses up in New York, and he, he, out of Manhattan. He goes, we're in the process of building. We're, we're branching out. He got, we got one in Georgia or somewhere else, construction going on, you know. 250 employees, the whole nine yards, you know, and I mean it's just a mess. Oh. And but uh, but he was great. He was great the way he talked. I mean, he hit the nail on the head with everything, you know. But he was talking about when this thing's over, when it's finally over, over. You mm -hmm. know, not kind of, sorta over. Mm -hmm. Like over. vaccine, everybody's inoculated. The fuck over. Okay. Mm -hmm. He goes. A lot of people have money. You know, there, there's a lot of people that, that have money, you know, and they have not been spending it, that, you know, at all. For like, he goes, there's an amount of people that have been saving money during this time, uh, in a sense, more than, than they would have normally. Right. They've got the money to pay their bills. They would have been paying their bills anyway. But they also would have been going out to eat and shopping and drinking and nightclubbing and sporting events and yeah. concerts. Mm -hmm. And they're doing none of that. And he goes, so there is, he goes, I believe there is a good chunk of people, you know, that, that are going to be, you know, ready to spend, spend, spend when this thing finally lifts up, you know. And I, I, there's a percentage of that, too. But it's... Uh, but it ain't 100%, you know, by any means. My son is so frustrated because he lost his job, and he has a little boy, but he's living with his dad and his stepmom, who both have their jobs. One goes to work every day. He's an essential worker. She's working from home. They're not affected. And he's going, you don't understand. Everybody else is. And they're like, oh, no, this is just no big deal. And he goes, no. So he's researching the economy and money and he's like mom you've got to invest in gold and silver you yeah. have to invest in gold and uh, silver i wouldn't i wouldn't go, i wouldn't go off don't don't take your son's advice on investment programs right now <laughs> uh, i'm gonna go ahead doing. i'm gonna tell you that for sure he's doing a lot of research uh, on, on the go, history go of with economy. a money management team <laughs> i can tell you that my money management people i'm with with group that, that I, my money managers have been my same money managers mm -hmm. for 35 years and uh, and so we're we're we have close relations. They're, they're a married couple, and uh, they were with A.G. Edwards, and then A.G. Edwards eventually got uh, taken over by Wells Fargo. Uh, but but they handle our stuff, and I know that you know normally normally as we all know normally in a down market when the market really 
and, and we've been through this several times. Not, nothing like this, obviously, but we've been through market adjustments where things just the bottom fell out a few times, right? Where you lost 20% of your portfolio. Okay. It happens about every 40 years. You know, yes, but it, it's, all a, it's all an adjustment. You know, you, uh, as an example, you know, there was a point where over about a two-year two year period, we were reviewing our, our uh, uh, retirement uh, investment, and, and I was like, man, this is crazy, but it looks like we've been averaging over 20% return on our investment. That's insane. I mean, that's an insane return. Mm -hmm. And so I called them up, and they were. She was like, uh, called the the lady, and she was like, "Yeah, you're you're right." She goes, "But that's not real, Les. It's not real. Huh. You 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 can't. The the market will never hold that." She goes, "What's going to happen is there's going to be a, you know, a drop, and you're just if you don't look at it right, you're going to just look at your your retirement account and go, oh my God." We just lost $25,000, or, or depending on the amount you had, it could be $1,000, it could be $100,000, it'd be a half a million dollars, you know what I mean? But, mm -hmm. but we just dropped like, like crazy. And she goes, no, you readjusted, your portfolio readjusted. Because in the long run, over your 30 years of savings, what you're hoping is on the, on the back end is that you averaged somewhere what we go for is somewhere between five and seven percent that was that's your average and that's a cons fairly conservative not running any high risk too much risk you know kind of investment uh, uh, strategy you know and, and and that's the way that's the way we do it you know and and, and so what happens is is that when the market drops if you pull out of the market then you kind of screw yourself. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people do. Mm -hmm. when, when, when the market drops, then stock prices drop, right? So something that used to go for $50 a share is now $30 a share. Well, guess what you're doing? You're buying more. You're buying yeah. more of that stock. Mm -hmm. And when you're buying stocks that are, that are those solid blue chip, you know, not maybe all blue, but they're solid stocks. You know, they're, they're companies and corporations that are not going to, if they go away, then it's like, it's like she told me years ago. She goes, if the kind of stuff we have you invested in fucking crashes, like, like fucking, well, get a shotgun and a rocking chair and some bread and milk <laughs> and sit on the fucking front porch, you know, and, and mm -hmm. wait for, you know, I mean, because it's all gone to shit, you know, when that happens. Mm -hmm. And so that, that so that, that's what we've learned is, and it's reason that, that I like that I don't buy and sell stocks or any of that at all. I would call them and go, hey, I heard this, is that true? Mm -hmm. And then they will educate me as to what gold or silver has done over the past 20 years, mm -hmm. here, 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 this, and there, where it is now, you know, it, and all that stuff about, you know, there's that, that whole thing about buy gold, buy silver, buy heart, but because it, it always has value. Diamonds, gems, it always has value. It always has value if someone will buy it. Yeah, exactly. It always has value if someone the, will buy it, the if demand. there is a market for it. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> the strategy behind that is the economy collapses, 
your dollar is worth nothing, but at least I have gold and silver. Well, okay. So you're going to go trade gold and silver for food? Yeah, exactly. You're going to go trade gold and silver for your power bill? You know, I mean, you know what I mean? But is that what you're going to do? I mean, so it's it's a little, you know, and, and, and of course, they use that strategy as a sales text technique. Now, I'm not saying don't buy gold or silver. I don't fucking know. It doesn't you know make what I mean? Sense. But to your point, it doesn't make any sense. It, it doesn't, really. Well, it doesn't, but it does. Because gold and silver is the one thing that always retains value. And so when Depending when on where you bought it, when you bought it, and if there is a market Well, because for it. people will yeah. always go back to that and go, well, yeah, you could trade. Because people, here's, like a dollar is, is worth nothing anymore, but, you know, the world economy will go back to 5,000 years ago. Egyptians were using gold That's to buy That's never going to happen, you know? Gina. If that happens, <laughs> we are down Fuck. to a barbaric. We're down to sit in front of your porch with yes, the shotgun. Yes, you're, you're in a barbaric <laughs> society. Yeah, you'd be you're trading in, bullets. You're in something that, that you can't even imagine. Well, and, let me tell you, Pilgrim. <laughs> you better put those law books down and pick up the six-shooter, cowboy. I mean, I'm looking at the group of us. If you're going to make it here, you're going to have to learn how to shoot a gun. <laughs> I'm looking at the group of us, and I'm thinking Austin's the only one going to make it out of that fucking group. Probably, he's probably the only one that's got weapons yeah. at the he house. He looks like he can make bullets. <laughs> I don't. Okay, this then is you're just all too. a show, man. I just, yeah. I'm you're a sure, big guy. You sure look pretty when you're angry, Misty. Yeah, <laughs> but the the point is for anybody is is that is that go to professionals. That's what they do for a living. Because I, I've had friends that have gone, you know, they they like to dabble in their 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 OCD, and they like to dabble in their own investment bullshit. And they're not pros at it. Right. They're totally not professionals. Yeah. And these people over here that work for, you know, that work for uh, uh, Raymond James and Wells Fargo and, you know, these big companies, that's what they fucking do for a living. They're the difference. You doing it on your own is like an open micer trying to close a show. <laughs> there you go. It, it's it's yeah. the same thing. You're not a pro. Mm-hmm. You know, I had one of my buddies who was like, I'm taking all my money out of the thing and I'm just putting it all in Apple. Because Apple, Ooh. Apple's solid. It, 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 ha- yeah. it, it never goes down. Yeah. You know, da, da, never da. Was this before, well, of course. Was this before Steve Jobs died? Or? I know. I was know. It, was it? <laughs> no. Like as soon as and he pulls it in. <laughs> you never put all your eggs in anybody. No, no. Never. Ever, never, never, ever, ever. Mm. Diversification is yeah. the rule of thumb. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. the key to keeping yourself same with betting they say like diversifying your like if you're a gambler yes like you shouldn't put all your fucking money on one race you know what I, I mean I thought you no. said betting yeah betting as yeah. in I like sheets oh too. betting yeah. yeah always have a couple spare sheets yeah diversify your <laughs> sheets for I sure I wanted yes. to know where you were going with that I, I was like alright now betting. I got something on you I got something I'll bet everybody in here has a good gambling story ooh hmm uh, you know I most people do. Most people have a. Either, it's mm-hmm. either a a, 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 yes. a a losing one or a winning one, or maybe you got one <laughs> of both. Yep. But do you, Scott, do you have a? Well, ga- I I can remember as a even as a little kid, I was at the uh, Olmsted County Fair, Uh-oh. and so I I ride my bike. You know, you could ride your bike everywhere back then. I mean, the Olmsted County Fair from my house was probably five six miles. That's no big deal. I just ride ride out there, ride my bike out there, park my bike someplace, and and go in and. Uh, so I'm, I'm going down the line, and this carny guy goes, hey, 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 
hey, uh, just throw the ball in the bucket, and you're going to win one of these things. You just get uh, three in a row, and boom, boom, and then, you know, so, so you're starting to gather around some people, and I've got maybe six bucks on me, you know, total, uh, right. you know, from my, my uh, paper route. And so he's got me there, and so it looks like he's got a group of people now watching. I'm throwing the ball once, it goes down the hole. Throw another ball, twice, the third ball, boink, bounces out. What the heck? So it's okay, kid. I, you know, let's just try it again. He's looking around. He's winking at me. Yeah, let's try it again. So I go, oh, okay. I think I'm, now I'm in with this guy. So, <laughs> so I throw the ball once, goes in. Throw the ball twice, goes in. Third time, boink, pops out again. And so he does this until I run out of money. I basically, he goes, and so I think that I'm in with this guy. Right. I'm going to get the oh, thing. He hustled you. You know, but yeah. he, he, and then he gives me a buck back. And he goes, here you go, kid. Take the bus home and, uh, and, and don't, don't play these games anymore. So <laughs> I learned at a really, really early age. And so I'm, I'm, I'm walking home with my bicycle. I'm kind of crying. And I, there's a cop that he's, like, he's doing the traffic. I said, there's a guy that's stealing money from everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a carnival, you idiot. <laughs> yeah. So I, I learned early that gambling is uh, it's just something, you know, just the, oh. the, the, it's a carny game. All, mm-hmm. You know, you go to a, a casino and it's just a, it's a Quonset hut. And the next time you go to the casino, it's a, it's a nice building. It's concrete, and they've got another two. The next time you get there's a hotel attached to it. Now there, now there's a water park, <laughs> yeah. and now there's a yeah. golf course. I said, they gotta be yeah. making money somehow, right? Somewhere exactly. along the line, yeah. uh, you know, somewhere along the line. But I also wonder. Thank God that maybe uh, the c- casinos are closed down right now because with all this, they this are closed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, all the, Vegas is shut. So in down. other words, these people that have got all this money can't go right to the casino with it right. and start. Yes. And start <laughs> oh, we're gonna double rock. up on all That's this. That's true. Yeah. You know what I mean? rock, yeah. So yeah. at least there's that. Well, you know the whole thing that, that I was and I, I love the story but the first time I ever worked at casino was in Atlantic City and me and Ken Sons and a, another guy Sam Walsh uh, were doing a, a show that was stand-up and improv which by the way when we finish up this I want to do a couple of improvs with us we're just gonna have fun um, but but we were we were there and the first night we were there the uh, vice president of the uh, hotel, uh, hotel casino the Claridge who was in charge of the casino that was his thing came down for the show the first night he was from nashville tennessee and he came in he goes i was so excited to get to see the guys from tennessee here you know mm-hmm. and he goes so he goes tomorrow and we went we've never been to a casino we don't know anything about this shit. he goes let's have lunch tomorrow on me he goes, come down, have lunch, we'll hang out, and then I'll take you all around, and I'll show you all the games, and I'll explain them to you, and it won't help you a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And he goes, but here was the main thing. He tells, he goes, think about the strategy of a casino or any kind of gambling, a carnival, anything. People come with the amount of money they can lose, and that is in their mind. Mm-hmm. Not an amount of money they want to win. Yep, that's the totally winning true. attitude is if I'm lucky and something really unusual happens, I might be that one crazy fucking goof that wins money. You know, but mm-hmm. but most yeah. people are not hardcore gamblers, mm-hmm. and even the hardcore gamblers, they still come in with an amount of money they can lose. Right. He goes, so, (laughs) guess what they're going to do? Whether it's $50 or $50,000, they're going to, and the thing about it is, 
if they if they want if they win on a given day, or even if they come in that afternoon and tripled their money, guess what they're going to do that night? They're going to come it. right back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with yep. with playing with the casino's money. Yeah. And they're going to lose well, it all. And it goes, it's just the craziest mentality. Well, that's how the know? casino, they're, they're running, it's a matter of time. That's why when you do win big, they'll like they'll comp your room. They'll that's right. give you an extra beer of food on the house. As long as you stay in that's doors, right. you're guaranteed to lose the money back at some point. That's, that's right. True. That's right. And you're right. They never have a point like, I can win this much. Like right. if I if I win seven grand right here, I'm walking away. That's right. It's never that's never that's in their true. head. And that was if what I he taught me. Grand. And 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 so yeah. I have done this and I've done this from from that day forward. You know, he goes, all right, here's your deal is you come in with you go, how much money are you gonna lose today? <laughs> and I said, yeah. I said a hundred dollars. That's all I'm gonna lose. Yeah. He goes, okay, here's your deal, Les. Once you lose that hundred dollars, you're done. You're done. You're done gambling. That's that. Now, if you double it, okay, if you win $100, now you're up 100 You have your original 100 right. and you're up 100 He goes, you take those chips, that $100 of chips, and you go cash them in right then. Yeah. And you put cash in your pocket, okay? Now, you can still gamble with that original 100 if you want to. You know, I still got my hundred. Yeah. My winnings in my pocket. Yeah. So if you lose that hundred, you've at least broke even. You walk out. Don't go get chips with that hundred. What you do with that hundred dollars is go buy something as quick as you can. I don't care if it's a shirt or a ring, <laughs> yeah. preferably or from a our fucking gift shop. ten <laughs> pairs of nice socks. Go so fucking true. buy something with that hundred dollars right. that you have. Yeah. Okay. And that way, and, and so that's the way I've done it, is that I go in with $100. If I double it, mm -hmm. I put that in my pocket. If I double it again, I put that in my pocket. Every time I d go up 100 it yeah. goes in my pocket. So I'm only allowing myself to lose mm -hmm. the original 100 right. okay? That's so and then smart. don't bring that money back into the casino. Right. Yes. Before, <laughs> that's where he said, you might as, if you're staying here for a couple days, you better go spend that money on something that you have. Because I guarantee you, you won't take the jeans back to get money <laughs> for the true. jeans. Yeah, to get the gamble. If you do that, yeah. you're fucked up. The casino, so funny. the casino shows are so crazy, too, because they really don't want you to go beyond the time. Uh, they want them right no. back. Right back right. gambling again. Oh, yeah. Um, they'll get pissed at you oh, if you yeah. go long. Strip and clubs and casinos. Is same <laughs> well, one of, my, one of my favorite shows we talk about, probably the worst shows, uh, uh, you know, we talk about those those horror shows. This is a little tiny casino in Upper Wisconsin. <laughs> yep. I don't remember the name of it anymore. Uh, it, I can it, see it. it it's, a, it, it's like a turtle, one of those uh, lucky turtle, th I don't know, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so I get to the room, and there's uh, nobody in the room. I mean, it's an off room. It's not near slots. Mm -hmm. It's not near anything. It's just a little off room. So sure. I get there, and I go, uh, there's nobody here. So he says, oh, yeah, you do, maybe somebody will show up. <laughs> so uh, I ended up doing a show 
for absolutely nobody. nobody. <laughs> I mean, I did a show for nobody. Oh but so I basically invented an audience. I had, uh, uh, so I said, I'm going to work on my crowd rap. Um, I, I said, over here, we've got the Invisible Mime Convention. They're, they're great. They bought up most of the seats. Uh, we got a wonderful couple here, uh, newlyweds. From, uh, where are you guys from? You know, and I, so I basically invented it, and I said, I, I, did, I, I did as many old jokes as I could possibly think of, just basically trying you to make. Do 40 minutes? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. Uh, I made making the bartender and the waitress laugh and the sound guy and uh, and then I think I think was that the night that uh, they had the, uh, uh, the 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 contest afterwards it or was, was it? and I was part of the competition you see and of course I was doing ventriloquism and they weren't gonna have the competition and I said oh no no I'm here was there a prize yes, yes. And here's the funny thing, because I did a ventriloquist, and of course I won first place, but I said, well, sassy. Of course you did. My puppet won second place. Yeah, the only other. So so they gave me both prizes. Lovely. That's hilarious. So what were the prizes? The prizes were $50 in the first prize, $50 in casino money. So you had to go out and spend it. But you could cash that in if you wanted to. No, you had to spend it in the machines. You couldn't cash it. But you spend it, and then you, like, as you're winning, you keep. Exactly. That's oh, okay. what I did. Every, anytime I was up, five cents, 50 cents, cash out. Yeah. Pocket the money. And then I won like over $100 that way. Nice. Maybe it was even 150 I it bought a coat. Bought a, I bought boots. <laughs> I bought a With hat. 100 bucks? So it must have been 150 <laughs> Off-season sales. You, 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 you made $160. You were in Upper Wisconsin. Oh, $160. Yes, in Wisconsin. But, but I, it was oh, she funny did because Wisconsin. the T-shirt was the second prize. So nice. I, won, I won both prizes. Nice. So she went first and second place in the, in the night where there was nobody <laughs> there. Nobody there. Perfect. But where, the where in Wisconsin thing, was this? What? Where in Wisconsin was this? Uh, it's, I want to say it, it was like a St. Croix Casino was one of the. And Is that it? Yeah, yeah. St. Croix Casino And it, I, I think know. it was near Siren. Uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> so I didn't know if it was like was. the Oneida, Oneida casinos. But see, we're so, we're purple, so funny. The purple building and stuff like that. <sighs> Might have been. Mm. Well, have you been up there or what? My, wow. Yeah, I'm actually. My dad is like, like half uh, Native American. Huh? He's okay. part of that tribe up there, Oneida, and they. They, they own the only casinos I know in Wisconsin, so it had to have It's been. near Siren, so I think Oneida might might have been it. Yeah. So, but it yeah. was, it's not a very big casino. It's no, very, it's, it's in, weird. In fact, the, uh, the, the, the rooms that they put you up in and go, uh, maybe we'll stay here, maybe we won't stay here. Exactly. But, you know, uh, yeah. but, but the funny thing about casinos is I had never been to many casinos before I met Scott and before we started performing at them. And so he takes me to this casino, and it's funny because we're the kind that comes in with a $20 bill. And yeah. we're like, we'll never win big, but we'll never lose big. And so we're up 50 cents and we cash out. We're like, yes, <laughs> yeah. right. we won. Yeah. Playing and penny so, slots. Yes. And we were at this slot and it was like in the back corner. And somehow we ended up winning $100. Nice. And both of us went, yeah. what did we do? Did we do something wrong? Yeah. And so we're thinking, oh my gosh, this has to be a joke. And so we take the money and we're like, yeah, he's okay, tri- we're kind of scooting up towards the thing. We're like, okay, here's our slip. Yeah. We're thinking we're going to get caught or something. We're like, how is this possible? Because normally <laughs> we walk out with 35 cents, right. and we're happy about it. You know? That place nice. is weird. They have, cause they have like slot machines at the gas station. Where I'm talking about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like what? What's going on here? Uh, have you ever been <laughs> through Nevada, man? Well, yeah, but this is Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, you know yeah Wisconsin. Wisconsin. This is true. Yeah. Yeah, do, do you have a gambling story, Austin? Nothing crazy, man. But I used to be a truck driver, and I was running through Nevada, and there's just casinos 
everywhere. Like McDonald's had slots. Right. <laughs> like, I'm not joking. Right, it's right. just wild out wow. there. And then I I took a try at it, but it was just like nickel slots. And I was like, I got a dollar twenty five and change, and then I lost it. I was like, well, that's. That's it for me. And that's my that's my fun gambling story. Right. I've had I've had a bunch of fun gambling <laughs> stories. There's a bunch of them. And and uh, and but and, and and your carnival thing. The first time my parents let me, my buddy Ken's sons, and and our other buddy John go to the carnival alone. So we were probably 12 <laughs> or 13, right in there, probably 12. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother, one of the tents was a garden gardening and she was in a big garden club so they knew my grandmother was going to be out there so they said when you get there go check in with your grandmother let her know you're there da 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 be careful and then they they gave all three of us they set our ass down they brought out <laughs> articles and showed us how the carnies rip you off <laughs> and, and you know what i mean and yeah i mean all of like, like each wow. one of our parents they coordinated this they were like they they sat down they told us and they, the whole nine yards, right? And we all, so I think we all had maybe 10 or 15, probably about 15 bucks a piece in our pocket, right? We won every fucking thing. <laughs> we, we came back with so much shit, we could hardly carry it. We were taking our winnings back to my grandmother and letting her hold it. You know, I mean, it was unbelievable. We, were, we, I remember one of them was uh, 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 the, the the fucking softball knocking the, you know, the stuffed animals over. You yeah, know what yep. I mean? Yeah. Nobody fucking wins that. Everybody knows that's rude yeah, to shit. Yeah. They got things that come up in the back. Blah 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 blah. Well, John, John, somehow he got on to what the guy was doing, and man, he fucking. I mean, the guy, we were winning so much there, the guy would not let us play anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> we were like, well, that's not fair. You can't do that. And I thought he was going to pull a knife on us. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, But it was so funny that here we all come home so with <laughs> a basket full of shit. We, oh, we, got, we got stuffed animals for everybody. You're right. And our parents are sitting there going, they're never going to listen to us again the rest of our fucking life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? But uh, The bottom line is, though, you still ended up with a bunch of just crap. I know. Think but about here, it. Here's, I mean, the, it, here's it, the gambling story that is the epitome of gambling. Me and Pam met three other couples that we're close friends with that we all live. One couple's in Texas. One couple's in Chattanooga. Another couple's in Memphis. So we all met. One of them had a, a, a access to a house in Gulf Shores, Alabama, down on the beach. So we all met there, and, and uh, you know, for for a week just yeah. to hang out and catch up. So about the third night, we're like, "What are we gonna do?" There ain't a ton of shit to do in the evening other than just drink. Well, there's a dog track, so we're like, "Let's go to the dog track tonight." Cool, we're going to the dog track. So we go over Seven Eleven, get a bunch of beer for the beach. And they had dog track. Uh, um, tips. You know, uh, not tips, the programs, right. Yeah, yeah they had the, the programs little, there. Little tip sheets. So we grabbed, we grabbed the programs for the races, and we sat on the beach all day long handicapping, just going through every race, you know. And, and we'd all bet dogs before, and a couple of the guys were really, yeah. into, you know, they really, like, knowledgeable about what everything means like on the sheet and yeah. all that <laughs> shit. So, you know, yeah, yeah. Herman the Fifth. 
look how he ran on the last three maiden races. All this fucking shit. Yeah. So we're we're going through it. So we made our bet. We made our picks. We get there, and we sat in a, in in that area. You know, you can pay more money and sit in a place where you've got a table, and it's like a restaurant. Right. You sit and you know have weight service, and so you know we're sitting. You know, it, it ain't posh. It's Gulf Shores. Right. You know, but uh, <laughs> but but so we're we're sitting there. And we're we're having fun. We hit the first five races. Bam, bam, five races. Wham, 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 wham. You know, now we weren't gambling with a lot of money, but you know, like we're up enough money that everybody's won a hundred dollars each. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, at least uh, uh, between the group. And, and so we're like, wow, I mean, it's wow. Five races in a row. So then on the next race, the sixth race, I think there was 12 races, the sixth race, we were like, okay, just put a quick bet in on this one. Let's take a break, you know, and order some food, you know, and sit and have a bite to eat. Just take a break, right? So we did. Food came, da-da-da, and we're kind of six races waiting on it. And Pam, who's never been to a dog track, never done this shit ever before, my wife Pam, she's looking at the program, and she's just looking at it, and she goes, what day is this? <laughs> and we go, uh, it's uh, Thursday. She goes, uh, these programs are for Wednesday. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh funny. We had the programs from the day before oh, and had won five fucking races <laughs> in a row. Yes. That's the fucked up gambling. That's oh, gambling. Funny. That's yeah. gambling. Yeah, yeah, you can't. You can't. No. you can't try to. It's like it's it. like they've done those things with the stock market funny. where they have a professional and then they have a guy throwing darts uh -huh. blindfolded, and nine and, and so many times the blindfolded dart guy ends up with more money than the pro yeah. does. You mm -hmm. know. I mean, when you're just betting straight stocks, right. you it's know, chaos. You can't. You know. You can't yeah, it is. It, it is. It is. You know. But. It's 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 fun, you, you know. know my, it's just my favorite fun. gambling story is the one I just told. It was like yesterday I went to Walmart without my mask. <laughs> yeah. or gloves. Yeah. Or gloves. That was gambling. Oh, you're all in at that point. You're yeah. all in. Oh, you should have. You... the gloves. The gloves, unless you have several pairs to like touch something and then change gloves. Oh you God. You should just yeah. hand sanitize. It because you're taking the germs from here, oh, no. and then you're putting them over here, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then over yeah. here. So yeah, if you're really gambling, you just walk out in the parking lot and walk up to a woman in an El Camino and go, "I need a hug." <laughs> <laughs> She's got thirty out six in the back. <laughs> I give you a hug, baby. I'm from La Belle. <laughs> yeah. well, you, you must have just a good old-fashioned uh, gambling joke, you know? Like, you know, I, I've got one. Uh, okay. Uh, so this guy walks in, and there's a big Indian chief at the security, mm -hmm. and he goes, how? Like that, and, the, and he walks. Walks about, about half an hour later, he loses like $300, and he's kind of walking off with his shoulder slump, and the security guy goes, that's how. <laughs> that's pretty good, huh? I, think I, can, I can't think of any gambling jokes. I know I must. Know I know. I was like, you know, Vegas is, uh, it's, in Minnesota, the, the gambling places are actually pretty clean and everything, but you get to Vegas, it's pretty sketchy. There's always a guy outside, hey, man, you got like 20 bucks. You got 20 bucks to feed my family. Well, it depends like, on what part of Vegas you're in. Yeah. You I said, well, no, you're just going to use that for gambling. in front of the gambling. Bellagio, it's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Goes, uh, no, I got gambling money. Exactly. Well, I was in. I was, we were playing Atlantic City. We were playing Atlantic City. Uh, probably about the third time we'd been there. 
me and Ken and Sam again, and we went over to Resorts, and Resorts was a casino that Merv Griffin owned, and the Four Tops were playing. In Once again, we've lost the, the millennials. And I'm sure there wasn't a single original Four Top in that group. But who knows? But who knows? Yeah. But they were good. They were damn good. And so we went, you know, we were just wanting, we went over there, something different. And we were watching, and we're just sitting at the bar. And the guy next to me, I mean, right next to me, is talking to, a, a, there's two of them, and he's talking to this guy, and he's telling gambling stories, right? And he's, and he's as loud as I am, you know? <laughs> and, and so he's telling these gambling stories. And every gambling story, I mean, the first gambling story he told, started with a six-figure amount you know what I mean that he won and lost and you know six figures and I look over at this guy you know you're hearing the story and I look over at this guy he's wearing a plaid flannel shirt he's wearing kind of these dungaree pants and I swear to Buddha Hush puppies. Do you remember hush puppies? Uh, yeah. They sold them at Sears. Yep. Hush puppy <laughs> shoes, you know. And, <laughs> you know, so, I mean, the, guy, the guy's got on a, a $10 shirt, a $15 pair of pants, and a $25 pair of shoes. And he's talking about these, these 100,000, 300,000, I mean, literally, you know, mm. up that much. So at a, after a, a little while, uh, I, I look over at the guy, he's right beside me, and I go, I said, hey, man. I said, I'm not, I mean, I am eavesdropping because you're right beside me, and your stories are incredible. They're really interesting. I mean, they really are. They're wild. I said, but I just, and I'm not, I said, I'm not, I don't want this to sound bad, but just, I hate to judge a book by its cover, but your appearance, <laughs> just the way you're dressed and everything, just doesn't speak to a man who throws around hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm, you know what I mean? And I, I know that the guy that owns Walmart drives a fucking, you know, 30-year-old red pickup truck or something. There was that yep. story, you know? And, but so I know that there, there's that. But, and, and I, you know, the, the guy could have gone, no, hey, man, I, I used to own GM or some shit, yeah. you know? Right. That's the way I like to dress, you know? But he was like, He's like, no, he goes, I'm a professional gambler, you know, and, da, da, da. and there's times when I have that kind of money. And, and I said, really? He goes, look, if you don't believe me, I, I'm telling you right now, I can take you around to several of the tables where the, where, you know, the guys that work here, the dealers and the people running the, the games, and they know me. They'll, 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 they'll tell you that, yes, this has happened. And I'm like, I'm like but every one of your stories – you lost all the money. I mean, every story I heard didn't have an outcome. Which explains the outfit, maybe. That, <laughs> it's exactly explained the outfit. Exactly. exactly explained the outfit. I said, and you're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars. And he said, yep. And I said, it just doesn't make sense to me. And he just looks at me and he goes, one million. <laughs> and I go, one million. He goes, one million. He goes, I don't leave the table. Oh, with geez. less than one million dollars that has wow. always been my deal it will always be my deal and one day i'm leaving here with a million dollars i'm walking out of a casino with a million dollars i believe that and i went so let me get this right <laughs> you are sitting over there at that crap table you're up eight 
$275,000. You don't take $200,000, slip it in your back pocket, you know, and leave with that just for shits and giggles, just for something to do. The next thing he goes, nope. (laughs) One million or I keep playing. Wow. And I go, well. That explains everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That explains us, puppy. You're a moron. That, <laughs> that explains he's a he's a gambling addict. He's it? a gambling he's addict. Professional. Yeah. He's a professional gambling well, addict. Well, he yeah. has to be a pro to have ever gotten up that high. Yeah. You yeah, know what I mean? He had to be pretty damn that's good. It. Or he sold his business and had a real problem. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I don't well, know. Well, the, and the problem with gambling is that you, there's a, there's this wave, and you, the th- problem is it's the you, rush. You get to the low of the way where you can't you don't have enough money to, to fight your way back again and well, there then was that's a, where they get you there was a all that when i was in memphis and i was in my 20s and i first started working bars in memphis and memphis was i, I got in memphis right in the early 70s when they first got liquor by the drink you know where you could act and a lot of people don't even know what that means that means you can buy that we have liquor by the drink you can buy a drink over the bar uh before that it was brown bag nobody uh, you couldn't sell liquor over a bar. You couldn't pour somebody a drink. Huh. You would go into an establishment with your own liquor. Interesting. You would give it to them. You would pay a cover charge and a bottle charge. Right. Wow. For them, to, they would handle your bottle. Sometimes if you're a good customer, they'd let you leave your own bottle on the table. Wow. Then they make their money off the cover charge, the bottle charge, and then you buy setups. And you have to buy setups. You can't just... A glass to drink out of your thing is a setup. Oh, okay, wow. so you're paying two bucks a setup, what? you know, kind of a thing, and that's how bars made money. And then they had entertainment and stuff like. And a, 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 before there would be technica, and that was all Bible Belt, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Uh, when yeah. you know, sounds like an extraordinary ripoff. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, that, that's just the way it was, you <laughs> yeah. know. And then they they got 1971. Memphis got liquor by the drink. Well, you had this huge city that serviced well over a million people. Yeah. You know, that was a very pretty sophisticated city as far as, you know, the music. I mean, Sun Records, Elvis, yeah, John, yeah. Johnny Cash, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, all that kind of stuff was already happening, been happening, you know, for a, a decade or more. And, you know, and it was a happening city. Uh, so when liquor by the drink came in, I mean, the bars wow. just were fucking exploded so I mean, it basically went from uh, can I have a drink to ah, <laughs> oh yes you're so good yes oh my so all the so all the uh, so all the uh, uh, all the way uh, Fridays where I worked was not your TGI Fridays that you think of today it was the first Fridays opened in Manhattan okay in the uh, right around I think right around uh late six maybe 69 something like that and the next fridays opened in memphis that was one two and the first fridays when it opened in in uh, manhattan was written up i think in playboy magazine as the the original swinging singles bar and because the concept was because before that bars were just kind of you in society, you went to bars, but you didn't, with a lot of society, you didn't talk about going to bars. It wasn't, you know what I mean? It was just, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It was a little seedy. Hush, hush. Yeah, kind of a thing. You know, uh, uh, but here you had a place where just you just came in for the purpose of meeting someone to sleep with. 
that you know because you're 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 coming out of the cool. 60s free love generation <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know and it's moving into that for the first time women can divorce without going to hell for the first time you had birth control pills for the first time you had cosmopolitan magazine telling women liber- you had women's liberation you know saying you know women if a man can do it a woman can do it mm-hmm. all that and the civil rights all tied up in the civil rights movement and all that so it was just a perfect storm so they open they open and and that's what it was uh, uh, a woman could go in mm-hmm. to to just pick up a guy you know what i mean and that was just kind of unheard of well then the second one opened in memphis and and i got a job there and, <laughs> wow and i got a job there because the my uh i took a course at university of memphis my freshman year that was just they they had the what they called jock courses and that's what all the athletes take. They're the easy courses that you can just kind of skate through, okay. you know. And one, it was just a weightlifting class, you know. So the guy who taught it, who was a uh, uh, ex football player, he was a doorman at Memphis at, at, at Fridays. And so I ran into him when I was looking for a job and told him. And Steve goes, "I'll get you a job there, busting tables. And if if they like you, you have to bust tables. And if they like you, then." you get to wait tables and if you get to wait tables it's really fucking fun i mean it's it's rock star fun you know i mean it's it's you know i mean you you could get pulled over by the police in memphis drunk out of your mind hold up your friday shirt he would take you home wow i mean that's the power that this place had because it all the pussy was there (laughs) i mean really you know it was the party place and so uh when I got there and I got to be a waiter, there weren't, there weren't many waiters from the South at all. There weren't many waiters, bartenders that were there from the South. There were a couple from, there were, eh, I want to say three or four from Memphis. There were a few of us from Chattanooga uh, that had come there to college. Almost all the rest of the waiters and, and bartenders were from New York, wow. Chicago, New Jersey, Philly, they were all Northeast or Upper Midwest that had grown up in bars, been around bars, new bars, you know, Mm -hmm. that were, and they'd all come there to college, you know, and ended up in in these bars. And there was a guy there, and now we're getting back to gambling. There was a guy there named Gabe Lubinacci, Crazy Gabe, still with us, still, I mean, one of the most fun, interesting guys you ever met, and he's a gambler. And... First time I ever met, get short, short, stocky, muscular, stocky. You know, he had so much chest hair that when you would go to a titty bar with him, the girls would come up and do the table dance, and Gabe would Gabe would would undo his shirt and light his chest hair on fire. And oh I mean, God. it would like it would like flame up, you know. And he would just do that and then start <laughs> laughing, smoke everywhere. Oh you, my God! Oh, the smell of chest hair. But oh, God. but anyway. First time I ever met Gabe, uh, I walked up to him, you know, me, I'm, I'm 18 years old, and I'm like, hi, you know, hi, I'm Les McCurdy, you know, and he goes, Cut. he goes, yo, I'm Gabe, he goes, he goes, no, wait, he goes, he goes, yo, cut, he goes, yo, I'm cuz, he goes, and, th- and he starts pointing at all the guys working there, he goes, he's cuz, he's cuz, he's cuz, he's cuz, he's cuz, and if you last long enough, You'll be a cuz too, right? So it's like, yo, cuz. So, 
It's all, it, it's all mafia shit. The gangster and, uh, It's all gangster <laughs> shit. And so you be a cuz too. And um, <laughs> so I got to be a cuz. And um, so Gabe, Gabe at one point. Is it short we, for Gabriel? I'm guessing? Gabriel. Yeah. Okay. So Gabe at one point, he was, uh, we would all, on Saturday during football season, if you work the day shift, uh, we'd be sitting there getting ready for the to open, you know, rolling silverware and shit. And uh, so uh, um, somebody would be – who wants to get in on the ball games? You know, everybody's like, I'm in. So usually you'd either do a $25 bet or maybe you might split a $25 bet with somebody. Usually during a lunch shift you're going to make 50 So sometimes you'd bet half of that or maybe you bet all of it and see if you're going to double your money that day. There's two games during the, during the time you're there for the lunch shift. Okay. They're college games. Uh, then Sunday, there's the pro games, two, and then Monday night football. So you had five games to bet on. Well, Gabe came up with this strategy. He goes, yo, cuz, I got it. He goes, I'm going to win enough money at the end of the football season, I'm going to buy a new car, and here's how I'm doing it. I double up every game. I got to hit somewhere in the five. And as long as I hit above the second game, fucking golden. <laughs> You're like, okay. I mean, you know, whatever. I don't know how that works. You know what I mean? Gabe's got this thing and it got went around. And so, sure enough, it fucking was working. It was, it was working. That didn't hit, it didn't work every week. Sure, yeah. But it, it's kind of like, okay, you bet $25 on the first game, on the first college game, and you lose. And then you double up on the second game, and you lose. So now you're down $50. Pro the next day. You double up again on the pro game, win. Now you're back halfway. Win the next pro game, double up. So it's, it's somehow he had this strategy. Wow. It was crazy. It doesn't make sense. It shouldn't, <laughs> and it shouldn't work. But it but did. <laughs> and at the end of fucking football season, about a week or two after, he drives up in a brand new green Monte Carlo. Jesus. Like <laughs> laughing, da da. We're like unfucking believable. But within not long after that in basketball season he lost so much fucking oh, money no. that he lost the car oh, no. you know and i think his uncle had to come down to calm the bookies down oh, no. you know or Christ. something wow. it but a, uh it was the same strategy with uh, blackjack you go so well if i don't win the first one i double up on the second one yes eventually you know but the thing is sometimes in blackjack you will lose eight nine games in a row for whatever reason, correct, and you have no money left no. to go. You, if you're chasing that money, that's where they always get. They can get blackjack. You. you know, it's all about. That, that's what that guy, the the vice president, told me about the gambling. Is he said it's it's all a flip. Of, he goes, there's no the only gambling game that has any skill to it. He said craps a little bit because there's so many different bets you can make. Right. So there is a little skill to craps. And it's not just totally a flip a coin, heads or tails. You know what I mean? Every other game is heads or tails. And the, the house always has an advantage, mm -hmm. you know, just by the way the game's played. It always has an advantage. Poker, there's skill. Yep. There's definitely skill in poker, you know. But still, it's, you know, the way the cards lay and then how you play them. But – 
but he's like it so it's all money management to your point scott mm-hmm. he was telling us it's it's just about knowing when having a feeling that now is the time to bet i've been betting five dollars the last three hands now's the the time to bet 20 you know yeah. and i've won bet 50 you yeah. know win leave you know what i mean he mm-hmm. goes that that's the that but you, you know he risk because I, I actually had a dealer tell me when I, early on when i was sitting there and he knew i was one of the comedians there and stuff uh-huh. but i was betting five dollars on in blackjack on every hand he goes pal if you bet the same amount on every hand I'm going to take your money every single time. I'm going to take all your money for sure. I don't care how that every fucking time that's going to happen for sure. Yeah. You know, you'll never win that way. You've got to know when to push that bet up. And it's all just a feel. There's no yeah. skill. It's just like, I got a feeling. I got a feeling. Well, I like betting on my phone with fake money. On those slot games. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You can bet in the billions. It's awesome. <laughs> and for a while there, you know, it's I was weird. It's like a simulator. To, yeah. yeah, I was up to several hundred billion, and then mm. you lose it all, and you're like, "Well, screw this. I'm not going up from a hundred thousand well, a billion again." <laughs> they say that uh, winning money, not earning money, but winning money, triggers the same um, receptors as cocaine. Yes. Oh my. Yes. Yeah. That's yes. how Correct. I guess it, it's addictive. Then. Really oh, very addictive. correct. Yeah. Well, so is shopping. That's true. It is. Everything's it addictive. Is. I think, it is. Sometimes. You know, it's that feel and good. Chocolate. And stand-up comedy. Yeah. Yes. Very addicting. Yeah. Yes. Very addicting. You know. Oh. That's yeah. why you need to take these classes, and Four the first minutes. time you go up on stage, and, uh, and of course you're with your your buddies and your your family and stuff like that, and you do really well, and there's such an adrenaline buzz, you can't wait to get up and do it right. again. I mean, right. it's uh, it's very addicting. Um, the first time you do stand-up comedy, oftentimes you do really, really well. The second time, you kind of maybe do okay. And then the third through the tenth time, you bomb. It's just because your friends have all now seen you. Right. And now you're <laughs> performing to real people right. who are judging you differently than your friends who yes. are very nice about yeah, it. Yeah, your support system's gone. But uh, <laughs> that if you can get through that up to that tenth time and you're still hanging in there and doing it, then you are then you go, okay, I think you got some, you know, but it a lot well, of people if, they if quit right there at if that you're third. passionate yeah i mean i i know what i see so often with uh over you know god the 30 something years having a club and teaching classes and watching open mic and seeing people go is that there there's this there it's almost like there's this point about where austin's at you're a year in okay so a year in you know, when you're really into it, you're still passionate about it and everything. It's right. It's between that two and three year period that I see people drop out, mm-hmm. because what happens is they hit about that second year, and that's at that point where they go, okay, a year in, I had ten minutes that was pro quality. You know, pro quality. Mm-hmm. That ain't. That means you're getting up on the big stage on a regular night. And you know you can do. You got ten minutes. You can be sure of. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. You can be sure of. You know whatever. You kind of feel that about a year in, and then you get into that second year, and you finish that year. You get towards the end of it, and you realize maybe you've got ten more. You got ten more, 
and you start to do the math. Yeah. You start to realize how long this sport's going to take mm-hmm. to get. You're going, oh my God, at this rate, it's going to take me four, maybe five years to get enough material to where I'm really solid as a middle act, you know, where you got 30, 35 minutes, right. rock I, ass off. I, Not I, that you can't do more time right. than that, but like where you can go into any club, anywhere. Yeah, I've worked with a lot of uh, feature acts and they're, I go, how long have you guys been doing this now? Oh, about eight years. I go, eight years and you're featuring. Yeah, and, and you know, that's how it is. And that's where they start to kind of go, you know, I don't know if I can hang with this. Because there's no money. There's mm-hmm. no money until you're headlining. No. And even at headlining at the beginning, yeah. there's no – you're still just surviving. I yeah. mean, you're not yeah. really making bank, you well, know. The, the people that stick with it, like, I love performing. I've been on stage in one way, shape, or form, whether it's dancing, singing, acting, you name it, since I've been, like, four years old. And – when it's in you, that thrill of being on stage, being in the spotlight, is like, okay, this is what I want. Well, I tell people all the time, I go, if, if you're in this to make a living, and, and, and you need to have that mindset if you want right. to, but if you're in this for the money, it, it, it's hard for it not to get frustrating, Yeah. you know, especially four or five years in. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're in it because you have your attitude, Gina, the yeah. same attitude that people have that do community theater, and they love it. They love it. <laughs> yep. they, mm-hmm. they, they love acting. They love performing. Exactly. They, they could give two shits if they make a dime out. As a matter of fact, it costs some money. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But same way I am with golf. I mean, it's the same thing. You go, you, you love. I go, if you have a love for stand-up comedy like that, that was something that when Pam and I got married, and, you know, Pam has a master's degree in theater, and most everybody has that we know has never seen Pam perform, and I have, and she's awesome. I mean, she yeah. well, she has mm-hmm. a master's degree from Florida State, nice. and she went on a full ride scholarship right. all the way through college. I mean, that's how good she was, and and I mean, she was. I mean, she could have been. I mean, she had all the chops to be to be as good a pro as. Then but she there, married less. But there was a point where <laughs> she just got she just got tired of the rat race of it. Yeah. You know? yeah. And when we got married, I used to worry about that. Well, her, you know, that she would miss it or whatever. And she goes, you know what? Been there, done that. It was fine. Loved it. Loved the whole experience. But I finally got to the point where I need to be paid. Yeah. And I need to be compensated for what I think my value is. And if I'm not going to be, she goes, now, you less – she goes, here's what I knew about you from within a very short time of being with you. You have a need to be on that stage. I don't have a need to be on the stage, but you do. Yeah. You would perform for free. If they pulled the rug out from under you and you couldn't make any money at it, you would still be performing. And that's the difference, mm-hmm. you know, when you have that yeah. passion that, uh, or just that that. I don't know that need. I, I find yeah. sometimes it's like a, it's like the ministry. It's like you have a calling, you know, that there's a real desire to we to be on that stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, it's our congregation. If you think about it, yeah. but we're really preaching laughter. We're preaching yes. life with hope, and uh, um, that's a really important thing. And it's and I'm hoping that. 
people will want to come back to see stand-up comedy because I think what we can really do for the people is make them feel good again. I have no, I have no doubt in my mind that as soon as people are comfortable, mm -hmm. that they won't, you know, that they're not putting their life in jeopardy. Right. You know what I mean? By congregating with people that they're going to catch some disease that truly could kill them or could, or, or not them, but they could get it and give it to their mother and kill their mother. I mean, you know, that's, that, I mean, that's where we're at right now, and that's heavy shit. And you're doing the right thing by not doing that, you know. But as soon as we're past that, and we will get past that. We have the science to right. do it. We have the, the, thank God we have those scientific professionals the ones that, thank God, need us to make them laugh. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Because, God, they're brilliant. And, and, and they'll, they'll come up with the answer. And as soon as they do, we're going to be packed again. Yeah. People, stand-up comedy, and it doesn't music, mm -hmm. theater, yeah. you know, uh, uh, stand-up comedy, dance, uh, all the performing arts. Right. You know, the people, people know, people that have experienced experience it they know how much it enhances the quality of their life and they also know you can't get it on tv no right. live you cannot get live but live we're trying to do a live a live concert with choral artists right now where we're each supposed to listen to the music in our headset and then sing along with it and send the recording of you singing so that it's just your voice back to them and they're going to put everybody's voices together so it's a virtual choir and sure. even that part it's like it's not the same it's sure it's fun i mean you Just know we listen not. to music we listen to comedy on television but no it's yep. not the same as being in the energy right. there's no way you it, and it's so frustrating trying to explain it to somebody that doesn't know that you know what i mean you got to right. get them in no. yeah. mm -hmm. you have to you have to yeah. show them personally right. yeah until you're there for yourself you can't really comprehend it because like like I've laughed more. This sounds ridiculous saying this, but until you're actually experienced for yourself, you understand where I'm coming from. But I've laughed more at open mics than I have like at a Netflix special, and yes. that's just because I'm there in the energy yes. and I'm feeling yeah. that. I'm not on my couch just watching this. Like, right. yeah, I'm not. I mean, I, I'm it's the unexpected. You just don't know exactly what's going to happen no, on a yes. given night with when you get up there and sure. it's uh, and laughter's contagious yeah yes. you know laughter when when it people is. start laughing around you oh yeah it, it's contagious yeah. and and once again it's the energy man i don't you know i mean have you ever been to a sporting event of a playoff you ever been to a playoff sporting event yeah have you I have not. Have no. you? I have, yeah. Have you? Oh, yeah. People are just like, oh, probably. I, 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 I can't think of anything. It, it, it is, it it is <laughs> the energy is, I mean, the mm -hmm. thing is, you, you go, you be, when you go to a playoff of a sporting event, you know, and I've been to baseball, been to football, been to hockey. Were you at a home game or a away game? Like, was your, was your, Home game. That you're rooting for? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay, that is a different energy. Home game. Yes. Yeah. Home game. You're there at a home game, and, you know, it's a it's a playoff game. Yeah. So yeah. that means you've been to regular games during that season. When you've won and it's been a great game and it's been exciting mm -hmm. and everybody's been pumped up, right? I, uh, that. But, man, when it hits playoff, uh -huh. that energy in that same room with the same amount of people, mm -hmm. I mean, it's the same area, same amount of people, same activities happening, mm -hmm. 
but man, the energy just goes like, I don't know, quadruple. It's investment. It's, in, it's explosive, and yeah. it's really, you, you, can, you can't explain it. I mean, it's like, you know, you can't. You well, they're can't. all, they're all invested. feeling, right. but the feeling of the energy, I mean, you, yeah. it's palpable, you know. I mean, it's like I met this when I was working at Friday's. I met this girl that worked there. She was a cashier there. And we were talking one time, and everybody's doing drugs like fucking crazy back then. And people giving you drugs, and uh, but she, she, uh, I think at some point in time we were all going to go out and have some drinks or something. And I didn't realize she was clean and sober. She goes, nah. She goes, you know, I, I, she, I think she, she drink a little bit, but she goes, I don't, I don't do any of that. She goes, I, I kicked heroin, you know, a couple years ago, and I just, I can't go there anymore. I go, really, heroin? She goes, yeah. I go like, did you shoot it up? Yeah, yeah. Wow. And That's I was like, one. wow, because you know, to me, I mean, that was like, I, I was 19 That's or something. I was like, I'd never drug, been around yeah. anything like that. Yeah. And I was like, I go, what's it like? And she goes, Les, he goes, you could you explain to a drinker what the difference in smoking pot is and getting drunk? Could you really explain it? I go, you can't. You can't. You would just have to say, you need to get high. Yeah. You know, you need to get high because it's a different, it's a, and she goes, same way with heroin. She goes, it's different, but she goes, here's what I'll tell you. I've done everything. It's amazing. <laughs> now, you're saying that in a podcast, everybody go, oh, you're touting heroin? <laughs> Oh, I thought, it was the, I thought it was the story of the first time you did heroin. <laughs> no, 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 no. And boy, oh, let me tell you. you. <laughs> well, we just snorted it. Uh, that was all different things. We no. thought it was cocaine. I'm afraid of needles. I'm afraid of needles. I'm afraid of them. His teeth look too good. But she was, <laughs> but she was like, Les, she goes, it is, that's the reason it's so addictive. Right, right. She goes, the first time you do it, it, you you're easily can be hooked the first time you do it because why do you why do you think you get hooked the first time you do it you've never felt anything like this mm -hmm. ever ever and if you're the type of person who likes getting buzzed you're going well there's nothing else i'm gonna do is gonna hit this one it's a major you know leagues. what i mean yeah and so you know and it just grabs you and I, and, and I was like, you know, when you go to a sporting event on a playoff and you're into that yeah. event, you're into that team, you're into that sport, and you feel that, you go, you, you, I can sit there till the rest of my life and watch the, the greatest Super Bowl game. This last Super right. Bowl was fucking awesome. It was. You know, it was an awesome, maybe one of the best. You go, you go, you can sit there and watch Super Bowl and go, great. You go, not the same. Not that. It wasn't that. No. It was but not even close to that. There's so much hope and investment oh, on your team. Because yeah. oh, it matters. Energy. The energy, I think the difference is that it feels like it matters. Yes. Like everybody yeah, there is people. cheering because they ultimately mm -hmm. feel like they're affecting the game. So yes. they put that much more umph yeah. into it. Like, and right. you're, you're a collective group, you know, every. Yeah. Like yeah. when there, when this place is packed, any comedy club in the country is packed. Right, right. You know, comedy clubs have been around so long now that the ones that that are that have been in a community for fifteen to thirty, or some cases forty years. You know, Bruce Ayers in Birmingham, Mark Ridley up in Detroit, 
Wendy over at the Comedy Works in Denver, Lacey out in, in uh, uh, um, at Pasadena, you know, the, those clubs that are just iconic, and, mm-hmm. and there's a bunch of them, you know, Nick Costas up in Cleveland. And, you know, they're just, there's so much, they, those places actually become the heartbeat of laughter mm-hmm. in your community. It is, it is, it does. Yeah. You know, people, people in the whole community know, they go, you go, tell me the hardest you've ever laughed, and they'll go, at that fucking, in that building right mm-hmm. there, mm-hmm. right there. No, no, I've never laughed any mm. harder, not at any party, not at any gathering, yeah. not at anything I watched on television or yeah. heard on the internet as I did when I sat in that building right there. And that's what com- that's what stand-up comedy yeah. is now in our society, and it's not something that is just going to go away because people got used to yeah. not gathering and they're going to try to save some money. No, people love no fucking up. way. People just love live events, and I think there's going to be a huge like boom. surge. Oh, there's absolutely, be a huge surge. Absolutely, we're, we're starved yes. for it. And yes. we were talking about that when we got here today. Was you know we were all talking about the fact that here we are, just less than two months into this thing. And everybody's out. over it. Everybody's yeah. just like, oh, my God. And I'm like, we're all we're such a bunch of pussies, yeah. Yeah. you know, <laughs> compared to the World War right. II generation. I mean, for God's sakes, when you're talking mm-hmm. about, you know, fucking, you know, doing the right thing yeah. and everybody coming together and da, 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 da. You know, it, it, it was almost like, what was it, right after 9-11 when it was, what's the best thing you can do for your country right now? Well, go have fun. Spend money. Go out and travel. Go on vacation. Spend money. Yeah, don't now, be scared. Now, to the economy, yes, that was true. That was true because that was part of what the terrorists were trying to do was disrupt our economy. You know, da da. So yes, that was true. But you know, there. <laughs> but you know, kind of sort of backhanded way, you kind of missed the point a little bit too. And you know, the, because I think a lot of people felt like. Uh, no, I want to do more than that. You know, we, we have, there's something else, there's something else horrible going on here that we need, maybe we feel like we need to be, maybe maybe I should be sacrificing a little bit so that all of our military people have state-of-the-art equipment. Right. Maybe I should be, in the same light now, you go, maybe is there something that I can do that makes sure that our healthcare workers because right now we're sending people into battle without, yeah. without bullets. Right. In some cases, mm-hmm. you're 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 actually sending them into battle without the flak jacket, yeah, without, without the, fences, yeah. the stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That 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 I, I know we would all uh, as American citizens we would go. Well, I would want every warrior t- to have everything they can possibly have to come out of this thing alive and and whole. It, it, I'd, I I would hate to think that a, a warrior that was willing to protect me, that was willing to protect us, whether and that's what these healthcare workers are right now, yeah. and servicemen, but I, I would hate to think that because we weren't willing to sacrifice on our end for some reason, mm-hmm. that they ended up being put in a compromised position. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's the same thing when, when people look at, at teenagers and the teenagers don't have Wi-Fi on their phone. They're like, oh my gosh, the world is ending. Yeah. And you're going, seriously? Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's kind of like us right now. We're at home. You We're can't, comfortable. Yeah, we have everything yeah, we need. Yeah. We have 
television, books, everything. Yeah. And people are like, oh. and they go, this is our World War II. And they had yeah. radio, a book. And rations. Uh, everything was rationed. Ration, yeah, rationed food. Rationed. Yeah, rationed food, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And we, we're like, yeah, yeah, exactly. We're so spoiled. Jimmy. How can we I make spoiled. these ramen noodles tasty tonight? That's right. <laughs> That's right. Add a little man. spice to it. Oh my gosh. Chop That's up a ham and absolute. stick that in. <laughs> absolutely. And you know the difference in that you think about World War Two or not World War Two. Now, of course, you could congregate together during World War Two. I mean, you could do that, obviously. But during World War Two, they didn't know. They had no idea when the end was. Right. I mean, you did not know. You you didn't know if the end was going to be a year or five years. You, you didn't know. And it wasn't cell phones. You, you just had to. Well, you didn't know when we would win. You mm-hmm. didn't know. The winning was you fighting didn't. this enemy that was fighting you back in, in, in a way that you just didn't know. In this case, we know where the end is. Right. We know that yeah. we have the experts that will create a vaccine mm-hmm. in less than two years mm-hmm. that will make this something that we don't have to worry about. So we know there's an end to it. And, and that's where in some cases but also I would say there's a lot of there, there was less information back then but there's more information now and that's a problem there's so many so like how many yeah, people have you talked to are absolutely crazed about this oh I know, they, I know. but the, but they think that they're getting like proper information because they google searched it and you know what I think is that, is that you people don't you're not going to the when you're dealing with any situation Let's, let's see, see if I can put this the right way. To do, so, to do something effectively, you need to look at the end result. You need to look at what is the end result. Right. And how, and, and what, you know, and how are we getting there? Okay, so let's just say in this case, we know that the end result from the experts have told us is that somewhere in 12 to 18 months, a vaccine will most likely be developed, and then it's just a process of vaccinating everybody, okay? There's the end result, okay. Now, look at, that's the end. So go 18 months out. Fuck looking at two months out, three months out. You know, quit this short-term shit is not that, not that you can't, do things short term those things will happen you will roll out different parts of the economy at different times of course that's going to happen but you're not getting back to where you were before until that happens okay and i don't give a fuck what anybody says yeah. you're not okay that is logical and it and anything else is illogical and if anybody, and, and that's the kind of thing I like to say on shit like this and have somebody come shoot holes in what I'm saying. Well, come shoot holes in what I'm saying. I'd like for you to explain to me how that's not the fucking deal, you know? Well, yeah, that's it. So you look at that and you tell the American people, 18 months, folks, 18 months. Quit thinking that you're somehow getting back to normal on May 1st, June 1st, July yeah. 1st. It's just... It's it's throwing gas on a fire. It's holding a carrot out in, in front, front of, of people and just keeping it in yeah. front of them. It it's teasing them. It it's all, wishful like thinking. you said with the news and everything. It's just teasing fucking people and it's making them right. more nervous, more scared, more uh, uh, 
anxious about everything, and it's starting to make people fucking mad. You hear me? It's yeah. starting to make people fucking angry, yeah. you know, about this shit. 18 motherfucking months. Because okay. perspective is so important. <laughs> yes. And when you have the right perspective, it changes things completely. Exactly. For instance, people will say, oh, isn't it horrible? I mean, it's so horrible that people that are dying now, we can't visit them in the hospital. Right. We can't have a funeral. Yes. We can't do this. But you know where they are, and you can mourn together as a family over the phone or over the internet. Whereas when people were sending kids off to war, you didn't know if they died or not. You right. didn't know if they would come back right. and when they would come back. Right. And yeah. about the time you get their letter back because mm -hmm. they mailed it to you, you're also finding out that they've died. You know, right I mean, on. It's so different. Right on the money. You perspective. Know, exactly. And and the thing is, is that if you, it, as leadership, as leaders you tell people the real fucking deal mm -hmm. and you go hey everybody get ready for 18 months okay if it happens quicker that's Good. icing on the fucking cake right we have 18 months as a global community to get through this and do it in a way that we help each other that we get the that we do everything we can to to get this disease handled if we're doing that, if we're focused on that, and everything else kind of to the side, then we'll get through that quicker. And then whatever happened to the economy that we think of as what we're used to fucking having and all that kind of shit, what do we need to have? We need to have power. We need to have, we don't need to have that, but we do. We need to have, we need to have power. We need to have food. We need to have medication, and we need to have liquor. Okay? <laughs> we Netflix. all know that. We, we that's what we need. And, and, we need. and we need camaraderie. We need some kind of connection, you know what I mean, so that we don't get depressed. That, that's what we need. And if we, if we focus on that, focus on that with everybody and tell everybody, when we're through this, we'll worry about assessing who owes who what, and you know, and then work out how we're going to pay back and those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And then if you're doing it that way, then you can take these trillions of dollars they're throwing the fuck out there, and you can focus it on the industries that need mm -hmm. the support that are the foundation of our of our communities that that prop us up, you can focus the money there, yeah. okay? And and not have it just all over the fucking place. And and that's what's made me, it just, it's what irks me is that we just seem to be going bass backwards at this shit. I have a question, so I'm gonna ask, ask Mike and what Austin. What the fuck are you? I'm sorry. <laughs> Mike, Mike and Austin, so, so how do you, what do you, how do you see your next month? How do you see your next two months? Then for you guys, how do you, pay your bills what do you what are you thinking right now is what's going to happen for you guys what's where are you at with it i mean because i know we're, we're the same with us it's like we're both you know artists and we both in none of neither one of us are working at all in fact i was even driving a little bit for like an uber like a thing of right. transport nobody's going to the airports anymore right. so right. absolutely every single bit of my income has disappeared mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, uh I had a very rosy looking I had I had to figure it out I mean and it's yeah. and it's all gone yes. and so 
I'm asking you guys. You're younger than than we are. We're uh, you know what what's what's next for you, Austin? What's well, what? I'm very fortunate enough to have a day job, so um, I'm able to still work and everything. So um, and I'm an essential employee, so I'm able to do that. I work at an AC warehouse, so we live in Florida. You gotta have AC. There's no way people yeah. are virus be damned. They're gonna let people come into their house and you know repair their AC. So I'm. I'm blessed enough to be in that position just um, but during this time they did cut our hours because one of our manufacturers uh, in Texas a couple guys got tested for it so they shut the whole thing down so everybody can work they're cutting everybody's hours now I'm, that made me a little bit nervous but um, but you're still in an I'm es- still essential able, I, I'm still able to work my days are full are filled you know I can still use my time get out it's, of the house yes i can get out Do of you the have house. enough income coming in to pay all your bills i i'm lucky to break even like okay. I, I can't go out to eat which i mean fortunately enough everything's shut down so i can't i just go to the grocery store you know and i'm fine and then you know i can get some side work doing something but i mean the, the really the worst of it is not being able to leave I, until this whole ha- thing happened like i did not realize how much like time pursuing stand-up and having a second job just it takes so much out of you like my nights were so filled with doing just absolutely anything you know like it it takes a lot of time like I might drive up to Tampa that's an hour right there at least two hours right there and then there's camaraderie there and then now there's nothing like I (laughs) it's just work and then like I hate when it's Saturday and I I have my day off like I hate it I'm absolutely miserable I'm just laying in my bed I was like what what am I going to do? I'm going to watch Netflix. I'm going to watch Tiger King. Like, you know, that's that's the thing, Austin, that <laughs> yeah. I've been – we've talked about this in the podcast. I've talked about it in my fireside chat that, yeah, I know it's important, and it is important to – to the virus is real. It's important to do yes. the right things. But, you know, there is a th- – you know, you, there, you can still – you could still get together with people. That's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah. in other words, yeah, and I think it's important that people realize – and nobody's telling you that. You know what I mean? But, you know, I mean, it's like I could have all of us over at my house, and we could go, I could go, look, come over, you know, so-and-so night, bring a cooler. Like, in other words, you're not going to go in my house. Mm-hmm. You're going you're gonna to come. You're going to walk in the side gate. You're going to come straight to the backyard. We're going to sit out on a big open-air patio. I'm going to build a fire. You bring a cooler with everything you want to eat and drink in it. Mm-hmm. I can set up chairs where we are easily plenty far enough apart, but can have a but can be together, can have a nice conversation, you yeah. know. And, and 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 the only thing you'll need to use is the bathroom, and we can set up the bathroom in a way that you can you know feel comfortable in there. And my backyard's like a fucking sanctuary. Y'all been back yeah. there? I mean, there's. It's like a. It's like when you're in my backyard, you feel like you're in the middle of the woods, mm-hmm. you know. So I've got plenty of places that you. How can many go, tigers you got? You can pit. <laughs> I got one, just, one. just one tiger. Just one. Okay. Just one. But that's I don't, I don't, I'm not show Addy with. You. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I'm not show Addy. I'm just kinda, he's just kind of there, you know. Yeah. Every once in a while he comes out, yeah. he'll kind of you know, yeah. he'll kind of rub up against you. It's right. a security system. Well, the point yeah. is, you 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 can take a piss in my backyard. Okay, yeah. yeah. But the thing is, we can do, and people can do that. Yeah, you know, we did that with a, a couple okay, of friends. Okay, next time I'm visiting, I will. I'll do that. 
Yes, you can piss in my backyard. <laughs> more more so welcome what, to. Well, what about what about Mike? What do, where where are you at in the next? Uh, month, I had month? to move back in with my parents, and uh, luckily I work for less still for now, and uh, I just I don't spend I don't spend money. I just right. you know I pay my bills and then no luxury spending yeah, whatsoever. There's not and that's much. What they, which I don't drink yeah. anymore any, either, so it's like I, I didn't really do much any anywhere. I just, I would go out and buy a coffee and hang out at a coffee house. Yeah. You know. And the PPP loan that came through that we were lucky enough to be on that first wave of getting, you know, and we actually got it. So many people are not, mm-hmm. you know, but we got it. Now we haven't, the money hasn't come in yet, but for mm-hmm. eight weeks, we will be able to all of our employees that want to do it, you know, and, and of course Austin will want to do it. Why not? You oh can, yeah. Because you, you, you know, you can take that money. Gina can, Gina can do it. Uh-huh. So y'all can take that money and you can go work another job. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter. It's not an unemployment thing. And whatever you were making with me, you know, over a period of time on an average, that that's what your check's going to be. And I'll be able to give that to them for two weeks. Pam and I can cut our own salary back to us, you know. So that'll be for eight weeks uh, for some people. But still, for a lot of people, it's not enough to pay their bills. No. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, we've got zero money coming in. You know, yeah. we have zero money coming in. And we're still paying six or seven employees uh, uh, because our social, I feel like our social networking, you know, we got really three people real actively doing it, mm-hmm. a fourth at some, but three kind of act, more actively doing it. I feel like that's an important part of what we're doing to stay connection. I've got two managers that, you know, I don't want to lose. And so, you know, but I can't, I can't do that indefinitely. Right. You know what I mean? It, it's, you know, I, I don't think I can do that for 18 months, you know, kind of a thing. So, you know, it, it's, everybody's under, and it, and it all comes back to Scott, I, you know, I harping it back again. We said it before. I say it a million times till Tuesday. I wrote the proposal. It's out there. It's on our Facebook page, the whole nine yards. If, yeah. if, the President of the United States, can, I believe, can make an executive order, and he loves doing that. You know, he does, and I mean, fuck, do this one, for God's sakes. He'll be a hero if he does it, you know, of saying that, that if you can't pay your bills or you already see that in a very short time you're not going to be able to pay your bills, there should be an easy form for you to fill out that proves that, right. proves it. You know, once they proved it, once they validated that, then they give you then they give you some kind of uh, uh, identification to that. I don't know what better way to put it, so that you can contact everybody you pay a bill to and said I have been approved not to pay my bill until I get back to work. And when I get back to work, we're going to do a uh, uh, an assessment of what I owe. We're going to do an audit. And we're going to figure out what I owe, and then I'm going to pay it back. Okay, once I get back working, and that, that payback could come from either either uh, uh, say that you, as an example, I've said this many times, but as an example, say you, you can't pay your rent anymore. Well, they're not going to evict you. That'd be fucking stupid. You know, any of the, taking anything away from anybody right now is stupid. And so you, you can't pay your rent. You go, and I'm paying $1,000 a month, and this thing lasts for a year, so I owe $12,000, okay, at the end of this to the people I owe rent to. All right, and say that, say that you had a car note and you had uh, power bills and you had uh, your insurance. So at the end of the day, 
at the end of the day, if this lasts a year, maybe you owe $30,000, okay? So either you would work out a deal with each company you pay your bill to that you're gonna pay a little bit more, 20% more or whatever over a period of time and you're paid off. Or that's when the government can give super low interest loans they can give give right. you a 10-year loan with at 2% interest right. or something that doesn't burden you. You can do it. You might have to work a little harder, but you can pay that off. I mean, what is so fucking hard about that? And and I'm just, you know, and and, and then if you've got a if you've got a car note, if you got a car note and you can't pay for a year, well you just extend the car note for a right. fucking year, exactly. Jesus. You know, I mean, this isn't brain surgery. I don't, and, and the thing is, we've been talking about it, and I've said it a million times, but I'll keep saying it until somebody does the right thing. You know, it, I really, for God's sakes, I have run, I, I got, I mean, I have run this by the Chamber of Commerce. I have run this by conservative, conservative business people and liberal business people who run strong businesses. And not one single person has told me this is a bad idea. Not yeah. one. Every single one of them has gone, that's what we need to do. And I've been going, well, help. Well, it's I don't, but, and, and here's the other thing that kills me is all these news channels, I don't give a shit, liberal or conservative, every fucking one of them, I have sent this proposal out. You know, I went through NBC, ABC, you know, you can Google search. It's easy enough to do. You Google search. You can find the contact list. Yeah. Their emails. I've sent it to all of them. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I've sent it, sent it directly to Rachel Maddow and Anderson Cooper and the, the morning group at Fox and, you know, yeah. and, and Hannity. I don't give a fuck. All <laughs> of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, hell, I'll, I'll take Hannity on my team at this point in time. You know, shout it out. But the thing is, is news. This the news is doing nothing but circulating the same shit, twenty four hours. It's yeah. just circulating the same shit. Social distancing. Be because they got because they don't have anything else to talk about. And then every once in a while, some new little thing will come on that they get to talk about. Well, here's something to talk about that nobody's talking about. And I don't know why nobody will talk I don't, about it. I don't get it either. And it's not like your idea is unheard of. Like, uh, for example, in most northern states, it's illegal to shut your power off during the winter. Right. Right. It's illegal. It's flat out. Like, right. you don't – it's not that you don't have to pay your bills, but they can't They can't just shut your fucking power out. Well, you know – So you freeze to death. Today I just, heard, I just heard that some uh, – that I, I forget which organization – and maybe it's the United States itself, but is is there's a lot of small third world countries out there that owe us a bunch of money mm -hmm. and owe different countries a bunch of money. You know what I mean? They borrowed a lot of money from here or there. Well, they they said, well, they're they are now putting all those those uh, payments on hold, old home, you know, and I thought, great. Good, good deal. You can do that for Costa fucking Rica, but you can't do it for the American people. Right. No. <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I wish somebody would hear this shit.